Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, guys, welcome to the KFO show. Kayak fishing obsessed. If you love kayak fishing, fishing in general, guys, you are in the right place. I have Matt from Good to Go Fishing on tonight, and we're going to be geeking out on mastering big swim baits. I mean, from like concept to building them to fishing them, this guy does it all. So I'm pretty pumped about that. I don't know about you guys. I have kind of weird day today, so I don't necessarily feel off. I just feel pumped about the show and kind of get my mind off of everything that was going on. So thank you all who are listening in live and you're living in, listening in from the podcast as well. I have some, let's, let's head over some news and announcements. I got some pretty sweet, awesome guests coming down the pipe. Drew Gregory. Uh, next week, I got the Knucklehead Bass Fishing Series win- Team Wendell winners on the following week, uh, followed by the Bearded Paddler. I just booked Impulse Rods, so we're going to be taking a deep dive into some rods. I haven't done that for a, wh- a while, so I'm excited about that. And uh, I'm actually a guest on a couple podcasts, live shows at the end of the month. So I'll be on the Alex Rudd podcast on uh, the 25th, and then the following night on Saturday with Debo's Fishing on the 26th. So I'm pumped about that. And if you are listening from the podcast, congrats, you're listening to a top 10% podcast. And I would actually love to hear from you. So if you're out there listening on your way to work, or you're just, you know, tinkering around in the garage on your yak, installing something or just doing a workout or wherever you are, I want to hear from you. So please head over to Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube, reach out, just let me know you're out there. I'd love to connect. A lot of times uh, individuals reach out and I have a list I share this every once in a while. I have a list of like kayak fishing friends on the Excel sheet. And so from all over the country and they're like, Hey, if you're ever near here, reach out to me. And I actually keep that all organized. So whenever I do travel, I can reach out to you. So pretty excited about that. Reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, next is one of the main ways the channel support is through listeners is uh, by listeners is through channel memberships, right? So if you're unfamiliar, um, head over to YouTube or if you're live on YouTube right now, and click that join button and you'll three you will see three different levels of how you can get in on the action so if you get significant value from this channel i'd love to invite you to be a channel member and really your support just goes right back into the channel uh, hopefully elevating your skills as an angler and so let's head over here i'm going to share my screen and we're going to give you a knucklehead update so i am kind of pumped about what's happening over here all right so that should be showing live there all right, for those in the podcast here, Ellis um, McRoberts in first place right now, putting up between five fish, 101.5 inches. So putting up some donkeys. Jeez, look at these. Everything is, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, and 22. Someone's a big bass. Tammy Sanchez, she wasn't even in the top five last week, and she's now in second with 97 inches. Jake Tomlin, who was sending me a bunch of photos this morning when I was at work, um, just also picking up some pigs from Cleveland. Uh, 93.75 inches. I'm coming in at fourth, 89 inches. And then Levi Bolgren, 88.75 inches. So keep in mind, Tammy Sanchez is already on the team. Jake Tomlin is already on the team. And I obviously am already on the team. 
And Ellis McRoberts is actually signed up for multiple teams. So let's say he wins and he's like, hey, that that Wendell Fishing guy is a no talent hack job and picks some other team. Uh, then it kind of moves down to first and second being Levi Bolgren and lost in tackle. So I know Lit is on tonight on the live show there. So there's still a chance, brother. So keep on keeping on. And that'll be that'll be exciting. All right. Uh, remember, this is an interactive show, meaning we want to hear from you in the live. And so let's bring on my guest tonight. Welcome to the show, Matt, also known as Good to Go Fishing. Welcome to the show, brother. How you doing? What's up, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Doing real good. <laughs> I love it. So tell me a little bit. I always love to always kind of start out my show. And I'm always fascinated by the stories of how individuals go from just enjoying fishing without videotaping the whole experience all right or starting youtube to how like they and all of them have done this they stumble in to to what they do and the passion that they love and i want to hear your story how'd you get into doing the youtube deal it's like any other thing really that you see on youtube you see it and you're like i think i could do that i want to do that why am i not doing it right so there's a couple kayakers that are from down south in texas that just put up big numbers of big fish using big baits. And I was watching them probably four or five years ago. Mm. Uh, the first one is skinny water boys. If you have oh. his content, dude, Oh my gosh, he's such a down to earth dude. And he's throwing big baits, catching big fish down in Texas in these small, tiny, pristine creeks. So that got me wondering, I'm like, I wonder what kind of big fish we have up here in Ohio. Not only that, I'm just like, anybody could do this YouTube stuff. I've already got like the creative mindset. I've done audio recording and things like that. Uh, I'm kind of like a, a nerdy tech of sorts. I, okay. my, my passion is in technology. So I'm like, how hard can it be to record yourself and put that in a video? And right. the answer to that is it's really hard, <laughs> <laughs> especially uh, when you're editing your own video and listening to your own voice for the first time. You're just like, OK, that sounds stupid. Delete, 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 delete. And I'm like, oh, man, I just have to sit through all this footage, yeah. hours and hours of footage just to come up with like eight to 15 minutes worth of content. Yep. But overall, it's been a crazy experience because you could actually watch what you do and replay it and then figure out what you did right and what you didn't do right. Right. It's like NFL players watch tape of other teams and stuff. And you could really sit there, sit there and analyze exactly what you need to do as far as cast placement, working the angles and twitching it however you want to. But it was just, it's just been crazy fun doing it. I don't do it as much as everybody else. You know, a lot of people can stick to that one week, uh, one video every week. Right. Man, that's a lot. <laughs> or two or three. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly, man. It goes it's crazy. Like you were out there grinding, putting out good content podcasts and so many other videos that it's just like, I don't know if I could keep up with y'all. I'm just going to make some videos and hopefully <laughs> people like them and learn something from them. Right. <laughs> that's my secret weapon, though. Right. So I always tell people, I've been seeing some some pretty good growth, and I'm I'm thankful for it, and I'm staying humble through it all, and I'm trying to, um, but it it's simply comes from, I believe in the back of my mind, I can out strategize, out work, out grind, and most of the time, 
my success in life comes from simply being not the smartest guy in the room, but the last one standing. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's my secret superpower, man. I just I can outgrind and outlast a lot of uncomfort for a very long time. And this has come from my history of being able to do long distance endurance challenges. Like I, I've shared this a couple of times, but I've I've swam across Lake Michigan. I ran across the country 100 marathons in 100 days. Climbed Kilimanjaro three times. Like I, there, it goes on. Ironman competitor. Um, hike the Appalachian Trail. I can like. I can grind with the best of them. And so I don't know. That's uh, it seems that's what YouTube wants. Uh, yep. And what YouTube wants right now in, in my life stage is what YouTube gets. Uh, but back to your point, you're talking about um, replaying the tape. Mm-hmm. And I just noticed this re- recently. I was, I was, um, I had thought I was fishing the Yamatanuki uh, from Yamamoto. And I had thought I caught this fish by doing something like, like burning and pausing it. Mm-hmm. And then I go watch the tape, and that's not what happened at all. <laughs> like my mind played tricks with it. I thought I caught it one way. Then I watched the tape. I was like, "Oh, that's not what happened." It's actually making me a better angler to go simply rewatch the tape. And as brutal as that can be, sometimes listening to your own voice, <laughs> um, you can learn a lot. And this is what I love about YouTube, right? Because you put together a video on something that you know a lot about and then you do research, you're like, holy crap, I didn't know as much as I thought I did about that. Mm-hmm. And you start putting together your experiences, your take on it and kind of best practices. And you become a better angler by teaching it, right? Because if you don't know what you're talking about and you start teaching on YouTube, people light you up, <laughs> light you up. Now, granted, fishing is like 99.9% um, like opinion. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> but, for sure. But, you know, if, you, if you're if you talking out your rear, uh, the fine folks watching YouTube will gently let you know. Uh, but anyways, so, yeah. Oh, what do we got here? We got some uh, we got some comments over here. Frank Doucette. Hey, Darren, I'm out here listening on my way to work. My man, I got to have Frank on. I think it's Frank because he's the one. I had him on. Oh, he made a comment a while ago of why there is a um, up in Canada. They have seasons for largemouth bass. And I asked her. I asked the question why on the show uh, months ago and he actually got back to me. He's like, Hey, I know why you need to bring me on sometime. So I need to bring him on sometime. Talk about that. Uh, bucktail fishing. I hit the water for the first time this month, Sunday, I put five on the board, but nothing special. Biggest is 15.25. Hey, not bad. Not bad. Everything with Paul three days. ago, got three bluegill. Love it. And Lawson tackles like, Hey, I got a swim bait tied on. We're going to get to that here. Actually, let's just go ahead over there now. So you are in your garage, which Apparently, you don't park your car in because it looks very much like a bait-making lab. Walk me through. That looks like an addiction behind you. It's not your full-time job, right? Yeah, it is. It's an addiction. I I got into making baits thinking that would save me money. And nope. (laughs) (laughs) Look around, folks. Look at all that. I thought I could sell them. I mean, I can, but there's a lot of hoops you could jump through, you know, with taxes and stuff. So I learned to, like pick and choose who wants them and maybe make some trades with them like goods for services. Yeah. An example of that would be like, I went down to, uh, yeah, Virginia on, what was it? The James river. One of these guys, uh, his name is, I believe it's Rob. He's with Appalachian bronze back adventure. He's a guide down there and he offered yeah. to buy a whole bunch of like jerk baits and some of these bigger swim baits. Cause he watched one of my videos. He's like, Hey, I love those. How much are they? I'm like, oh, you're a guide. Maybe we could work something out. Right. So, so we went down there and we we did pretty good on them. But um, it's just 
crazy cool that people like what what I'm doing here on YouTube. You know, they're they're interested in it. I've had a lot of people say, Matt, that bait is cool. Where can I get it? I want to start painting. And yeah. they started painting them, and now they're tagging me in posts of their fish catches. Like, I caught this on this bait, so on and so forth. I'm like, man, that's just super fulfilling. But on to the bait lab. Yeah. Um, what do you got? So, so starting off, I have three uh, seven-foot tables all along the backside um, of this of the left side of my garage. And then I have pegboard all over the back of it, too. Cause you can never have enough room for baits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh, so on my left side, I have a little painting booth. It's about two foot and it's got a cool little led light setup. I got a fan and a filter. So I'm not breathing in a whole bunch of toxic fumes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a cool little spray spray booth. Uh, and then I got, I don't know, about 20 chatter baits, uh, 25 crank baits. <laughs> A whole bunch of jerk baits and a whole bunch of ugly painted baits that I probably will never use, but I use them as a lesson learned on what not to do when I'm painting my baits next time. Is that like the drawer of shame? You keep oh, them yeah, around. Yeah. Just I call it the graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> so real quick, um, and I'll let you keep going in your bait lab, but how, like percentage of how many baits you buy versus how many you make? Uh, um, I probably use... I don't know. I'd say 50, 75% of the baits I paint. Okay. Um, and of that percentage, I probably lose 50% of those in the river. <laughs> oh, all right. So you're a big river fisherman. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, that, that's painful. So how yeah. many hours do you have on a, on a lure on average? I know there's a lot of variables involved. Um, I could paint up a simple three color pattern in probably 30, 45 minutes, put some clear coat in it or on it and uh to expedite this process because i'm always thinking what can i do to make this less of a time consuming process right so there's multiple ways you could clear coat them you could dip them in some kbs liquid that's just clear you open up the jar you don't breathe in the fumes (laughs) and then you just dip it you take it out you let it dry and it's ready in probably three days that's too long for me dang there's another way where you could paint epoxy on it, which I haven't done, which is the professional way. You paint, uh, you just take a little paintbrush, right? And you dip it in there and you paint it on there. Make sure you don't get bubbles in there or that'll ruin the clear coat. Hmm. But then you have to put put it on some sort of DIY makeshift lure rotisserie thing that rotates. Oh, it keeps it, keeps it from um, dripping down. I see. Yeah. And it'll pull up as well. It'll pull up on the bait. But there's like... It's a pain in the butt. So I haven't done it, but you have to have so many variables, right? Or the clear coat and the whole bait is ruined. Uh-huh. Um, so you have to have like the right temperature, the right humidity level, so on and so forth. You have to have a dust-free environment. I'm like, that's way too much work for me, even though I'll probably end up doing it in a year when I get tired of my current way. But I saved the best and most efficient and easiest and cost-effective way for last. There's a box underneath my desk. It's pretty big it's got it's probably like two foot by two foot by 18 inches high i got it lined with some reflective material and i got a little hanger up top that i could hang my lures on and then i got two lights on the left and right side uh, that are uv lights okay cures it yeah exactly curing. so i'd like to use some of this cheap chinese stuff off amazon you paint it on there you let it hang for a little bit 
and then you just hang it in there uh, in the uh, UV box. 25, 35, 45 minutes later, it's done. You could take it fishing right then and there. So about an hour and a half to make it and about 13 seconds to lose it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I bet when you lose one that you make, you're like, and we've all done this. You're like, all right, I'm going in up to my neck for that one because that one is worth <laughs> no like, left behind. Unless there's like a potential for <laughs> loss of life or the water is freezing cold, I'm getting that bait back. Oh my gosh. So good. I've climbed trees 20 foot high on a really horrible <laughs> cast. Limbs are breaking around me. I'm just like, nope, I'm getting this freaking bait. Love it. All right. So we're going to hop in and we're going to spend the majority of our time talking about swim baits, glide baits, the big baits that are supposed to target the big fish, right? I, I just got my Bass Pro Shop 2023 Fall Angler Specialist Catalog in the mail today. Right. Literally, it was like I walk out to get the mail and right for the show. And I'm looking through here and they're serving up a lot of, you know, this is the XBS, the hottest trending lure right now. It says, you know, swerve glide swim bait, swim bait, $17.99. You go into the middle, the hottest swim bait on tour right now, Berkeley, the power bait, call shad right there, $11.99. Kind of a paddle tail, soft swim bait. Honestly, that looks exactly like the mag draft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like a lot of them coming out now since that is incredibly popular on the next page you got the boss glide swim bait also known as the s waiver <laughs> looks, looks just like it um and then the fork tail swim bait and so all these are like i don't know like copycats almost um but nonetheless we're getting into the season where you break these bad boys back out now i know you can fish them throughout the throughout the summer especially in the rivers um, but I typically put my swim baits away after spring. I'm pulling out different techniques during the summer. And then I pull these bad boys out here in the next few weeks. I'm starting to get some cold nights and out pop my swim baits again. And so we're going to take a deep dive on these, how to swim them, how to retrieve them, uh, the different types, the best knots, um, the best kind of baits in the categories. And so let's go ahead and hop in. Walk us through for you since you make them, like what goes into a design? Because I literally watched one of your videos and you're like carving out on your scroll saw, which I'm familiar with. My wife's a woodworker has a scroll saw channel um, from like design to sanding to painting to all that stuff. Walk us through the makeup of an awesome swim bait. First and foremost, you have to have a lot of time available to, to start this project. There's people like Marlon Bates. That, that's where I got my inspiration from, one of those things on YouTube. And I'm like, he could do it. Maybe I could do it. Not nearly at that dude's level. Mm. Uh, and I'm still like trying to figure out the best ways to go about it. But essentially, you draw out of, out of design and you trace it out. I usually trace mine out on some thicker cardboard. And you could place that. See if I could reach it from here. Yeah. So I have a stencil. This is one that I'm working on. Okay. This is like a seven inch shed that I just cut out here and you essentially trace it out on a block of wood. Then you take the block of wood, you put it on the scroll saw and you hope to God you don't cut your fingers off. <laughs> I've cut myself a few times on the scroll saw. It doesn't feel so good. Close calls, man. Yeah. Right. So you cut it out. 
And there's a lot that goes into drilling other holes while it's still a flat surface, like a, a flat block. Makes sense. Because after you sand it and round it out, to get that hole perfectly centered and square mm. when it's round is virtually impossible. So one of the things I first like to do is drill uh, a hole for the eyes. So it goes through the left side of the wood and comes out the right side and everything's perfectly even. Mm. And then you could also drill holes, let's say in the bottom of the, of the wood, like the belly of the bait, the, the future belly of the bait. So you get everything as far as your weight placement goes squared away because the hardest thing with making baits out of wood is getting them weighted correctly to swim correctly. It right. takes an incredible amount of time and error. So you could go about carving it and, and sanding it down, which takes a crazy amount of time. That I'm sounds sure awful. It's, it's, <laughs> it is a little bit, but when it's raining outside and you don't want to go fish and you don't got nothing else to do, it's kind of, it's therapy. Soothing, I can get I it. It could be soothing. Yeah. I get it. You just sit but also and... maddening because I've imagined the the learning curve on getting something perfectly symmetrical so it swims correctly is a very high curve. It is, man. Yeah. So much trial and error. Um, so now you got the basic shape of it. See if I can find this version. So you got a basic shape of it, and then you make one little mistake. And that bait is ruined as far as it, it'll still work, but it's not something you will want to sell. I guess it's not something you want to be proud of. And then you have to go all the way back to the drawing board. Uh -huh. so that's the part I'm struggling with is the intricate carving aspect of it. So there is an easier way. And yeah, go, go to Amazon the and thing. then buy it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so an easier way is you could catch a bluegill. You freeze it and shove it on a stick and make sure it's straight. And you could actually make a mold of that bluegill to get the most realistic, um, most efficient way to go about getting a basic form. So you could carve these out of wood and put your lead in it, put your hooks on it and all that stuff. Uh, or you could just already have that form made for you. Then comes a whole other nightmare of things you have to do. Yeah, sounds doesn't sound as easy as you're making it out to be. It's not, but it's fun. I say that with a depressing sound. <laughs> so you can make, I'll give you an example. Here's a tiny little guy. I'm working on a wake bait. Oh, solid. oh thanks, man. I appreciate it. Got some huge eyes on it. Got a big hole for the, uh, the bill of it. So this is going to be a wake bait, a little four and a half inch wake bait. And then you put it in a a mold and you pour silicone around it and it turns out like this. Okay. So it's like basically you're in fifth grade art school all over again. You're mixing up chemicals. Well, we don't do that in fifth grade, but nevertheless. Yeah. What school did you go to? <laughs> but you can make these little molds and you could easily replicate everything else from that point. You don't right. just carve one and be done with it and uh, okay, you okay. throw it in a tree and lose it. Cause I've done that numerous times already. Hmm. All right. But, but it's a it's a crazy process that involves some math, which I'm not that great at, because you could add microspheres or tiny little glass bubbles that are toxic again to breathe in. So you have to wear your mask, of course. But they come in a, a company called Aluminolite makes these. And what you do is you add these little microspheres 
to your mixture of resin, which would then determine how buoyant it is. Okay. So there's right. a lot of math that goes involved into that aspect. A lot of trial and error, a lot of measurements, a lot of documenting things to, to where you don't make the same mistake twice because everything involved in this is expensive. Yeah, it sounds like it. When you start saying something spears, I'm like, okay, that sounds expensive. <laughs> so I'm looking at my six cents trace, six cents swim bait, and it's fast sinking. So I would imagine a lot of that had to go into it to make it fast sinking because I know there's some that's slow sinking. And so what you're mm -hmm. talking about is kind of what's built into a lot of these manufactured um, the segmented swim bait. All right, let's, let's move over to the tactical, right? So now we understand a little bit of kind of what goes into it so we can appreciate a little bit more how these things are bad boys are made. How do you fish the swim bait? Um, like what's your go? When, when do you break out a hard body, multi-joint, a glide bait? a paddle tail, you know, boot tail, wedge tails. When do you break out a soft body? Um, you know, you got full body, you got line through, you got top hooks, you got treble hooks, like on the mag draft, like for the, for the normal person out there, I'll go to a store and be like, Oh, or go to Amazon or watch a video. It's like, Holy crap. There's so many different, different designs and different strategies behind this. When do you pull out which one went? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A lot of it depends on what I want to throw. <laughs> okay, so keep talking. I, I, I could go out there to a creek that has a lot of creek chubs, and I'm not going to throw a seven-inch glide bait there. It's just too loud. It's too noisy. Fish will get too spooked. So I like to go with these things that are uh, these little boot tail swim baits. This one is super lifelike, and the plastic is just incredibly soft and flexible, and it the only sad thing about it is it tears real easy, but what I want to do is mimic the forage in that body of water, right? Okay. So this place has creek chubs all everywhere, man. You're seeing them left and right, and I'm just like one day. This was like three or four years ago. I was fishing with my buddy Matt Wesley from Matt's Fishing Mission. I'm like – I know Matt. Yeah, awesome dude, awesome dude. And I'm like, I want to try big baits in little creeks and see what works. Mm-hmm. I was there for like 20 minutes and I caught two back-to-back -back smallies that were over 18 inches. Dang pigs. Yeah, that was big, like big river smallies there. I mean, I don't get much bigger than that in, in the creeks in Ohio. My goodness. Absolutely, man. So at that point, I'm like, okay, I want to throw these soft plastic swim baits in creeks all the time. Okay. Put that up to the screen a little bit because that was a little far back. Oh, and okay, what cool. did you make that or is that oh no, this this is made by, uh, let me see, it's Little Creeper All-American Trash Fish. <laughs> okay. So this is a super cool bait, man. I've caught a lot of smallies on this. I've hooked into some big largemouth. Um, it's just a really great overall bait, but it's kind of expensive. I think they're like $22 for two baits. That's not incredibly bad when you start putting it up against like a mag draft or something. Exactly. This one just has so much more detail in the fins and it's from a smaller company 
of, and the dude just made the mold himself. Yeah. Just like I was telling you before, you know, you use your, um, every different component you can that comes with making baits and he just pours his own, which is what got me into wanting to make my own as well. So, so for that particular lure, yeah, you're in the, you're, you're in the Creek. What are you, what are you throwing that on? What's your retrieve look like? Um, walk us through how you would throw something like that. So a little creeper, all American trash fish is meant to be creeped along the bottom. Got it. So you just, I throw it on, I think this is like a six or seven aught swim bait hook. Mm. And for smaller creeks that are like not very deep, maybe four foot max, I just use a quarter ounce or three eighths ounce uh, swim bait hook. And I just creep it right along the bottom. You could throw it next to cover. You could throw it next to structure. You just throw it anywhere that you think a fish might be there. A lot of times people just chuck and wind with various baits like chatter baits, spinner baits, so on and mm -hmm. so forth. With big swim baits, you want to be extremely deliberate in your casts. So you you want to get the, the perfect angle, the right presentation. And if that doesn't work, you just move on to the next spot. You just, it's like you're on a, on a bass boat and you're hopping from spot to spot. Right. But instead of that, you're in a Creek and you're going from structure to structure or pool to pool. So. Yeah. All right. Well, keep, keep going. Cause I know you got, you probably got a lineup, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Walk us through yeah. your lineup. This, this is, this is fun. I love walking through lures and uh, seeing things I haven't seen before. As far as other swim baits go, you got the the mag draft. Oh, this yeah. one's in the eye and has some teeth marks on it, so you know it works. <laughs> <laughs> they still work without the eye. This still oh, good. absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but it's the mag draft is very similar to the little creeper all American trash fish. It's a smaller profile, so small smallmouth bass don't have a really horrible time uh, eating it. You know, like they would a big glide bait that's two and a half inch, two and a half inches tall, but it is a single hook, which means you're going to lose some fish, you know sure. what I mean? But most of the time they hit it by the head. Uh, so this little bait is pretty cool. It works just about as similar as the, I think this is Bass Mafia, the dangerous swim bait. You got it too? I got the six inch. I love this for smallies in the spring, I mean, in large mouth in the spring and fall. I have the six inch and you'd be surprised what hits the eight inch as oh, well. Yeah. I love, I love throwing this out. It's really, I mean, I just find, you know, pockets of deep water that are close to a ledge, throw it out. You can't swim this too fast. It starts to like roll over. Yeah. And so it's a real slow and you'll kind of feel it. It has some really nice kind of back and forth action to it. If you, if you dial in the speed of that retrieve, and this tail just absolutely loses, you know, just left and right. It's got big old, big old paddle on it. And so I don't think I won't get a fish under two pounds on this. You'd be surprised what hits, hits it as well. You get a lot of small fish that you know, two pound fish. You'd be like, what in the world? Usually when I throw this, I'm like, oh, if I get any bite, it's going to be a monster. And there I pull up a two pounder, which isn't a bad fish. But for how big this bait was, like, holy crap. The, right, very keep going. First, the very first time I threw a mag draft, I was in like some crappy gravel pit, throwing it against some uh, hydrilla in, in some pockets. The very first cast, I was in my belly boat. I saw three nice bass come up and follow it, and they swam right beneath my feet. I'm like, 
I saw you belly boat fishing in Southern Ohio. I have, I have a fish cap. Um, I actually like getting out and fishing my belly boat every once in a while, especially when I travel for work because I can't take the kayak with me. So I'll throw it in the back of my rental car. And every once in a while, if I have the night free, I'll take that out to a lake and just belly boat around. So, um, part of my arsenal, that's kind of like my fourth fishing vessel. All right. Keep on moving on. What else you got over there? Oh, let's see here. Da, da, da. We got so many segments one day. It's, I think seg- I think segmented swim baits are my favorite okay. for covering water. Okay. So Keep talking. You have I'm um, getting hooked already because these things have some really super sticky hooks. This is a Boyd Ducket five inch segmented swim bait. You could get these for about 20 bucks. It's just a realistic shad pattern with a brush tail, and it's a four-piece segmented swim bait. Uh, this one in particular is fast sinking. But I don't know why more companies don't do this. On the bottom, it has a little tiny magnet right here. So your oh. hooks stay up there. And I I, don't, I wish every company that made segmented swim baits made these. So this is your entry-level budget one for about 20 bucks, right? What's it called? Say it again. This is a Boyd Ducket or BD Shad. Okay. And there's only a magnet on the front, right? Correct. Yep. Exactly. Solid. All right. Yeah. This thing... Look- with the fast sinking, you want to burn it, man. You want to just burn this thing in the top of the water and hope the guy something crazy fast gets it and explodes on it, which is always a fun time. It's not like a slow sinking one where you could be a little bit more methodical with it, but that's the BD Shad, and everybody knows and loves the Trace. Oh, yeah. Um, that's the bone, right? I, I forget which color this is. It's got some purple on top. Hopefully I'm colorblind. You tell me if this is purple, <laughs> but it's got a really cool soft plastic tail on the end. Yeah. What you don't realize when you get these one, they come in a box, like you're buying an Apple phone, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just got a nice, but also it comes with an extra tail because if you ever, never laid eyes on one of these before, for some reason this rips off, you can plug another tail in there because it's hard bait hybrid because the back end is a rubber tail that you can replace, which is nice. And so these, uh, they're not cheap either. No, but they're, they're like 35 bucks. Like 35 think. bucks by the time you get this bad boy shipped to you. And then you got like fast sinking. You have, I know there's different, um, I think this one's a five inch. Five. Yep. They yep. got the five. Six, I got a six, six inch. Yep. And so before you know it, you know, four baits and you're up over a hundred bucks. Um, but my buddy who fishes in Ohio, you probably know I'm on uh, the Creek crawler. Mm-hmm. He swears by this mother, and he's caught some absolute donkeys out of the river on the trace. I mean, it was like every day he was picking up a monster with a trace out of small creeks. And what freaks me out a little bit because it's a $35 <laughs> swim bait. So I definitely don't need the fast sinking when I'm fish- fishing a creek. Um, but man, yeah, they don't have the magnet on the bottom either. So I know. I don't, I think that's because of the placement of the segment where oh. the hook goes under there it just won't work i guess <laughs> yeah interesting here i got a couple comments here i want to i want to shoot over to cool, cool. Uh, let me see what we have here um low life angler berkeley power bait poji three inch swim baits you would be surprised but i want to try that mag also right on and he says hey nice nice shirt last bass i caught was on a big joshy heck yeah man um lost and tackle He's say, screw the mag. I want that. I think he's talking about that creeper thing that you had. Oh, yeah. Um, 
yeah, because I haven't seen, I haven't seen, I haven't, I haven't seen that before. So that was pretty neat. So all right, all right. So when you're fishing the, is it just creek? You have a kayak as well. What kayak do you have? I have a Bonafide SS127. You don't get much better than that for a paddle. I like it. It's super stable. Um, it's not great in current, but it's still a great platform for fishing. I could beat it to hell and not worry too much about it. Yeah. As much as I would if I had a, a super heavy Hobie. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's still light enough to where I could take it up a cliff if I needed to. Well, it's not, I mean, it's not a river kayak per se, right? And nope. that's, is that what you're using it in a lot? Yep. Yeah, there you go. Well, that's, that might be <laughs> some of your issue, but um, do you have any, any other kayaks? I think you mentioned for right in the green room, we didn't have much time oh, to yeah. talk, but what's your kayak experience? Oh man, I wish I would have watched your videos before I spent a whole bunch of money on two kayaks <laughs> that I would never use again. So I started off with an Eagle Talon. And okay. I watched some DIY videos like you could build a stadium seat on it to, you know, feel like a professional and get off the bottom of the kayak. Um, it didn't work at all. <laughs> <laughs> Once you elevate your, your butt, you become super unstable and it was right. horrible. But I mean, it got me on the water and I caught some fish and it was it was good for a cheap kayak. And then I upgraded to a Vibe Seagos 110, which is a great kayak, but it's not. It's great for rivers, but it's not comfortable. Mm. So being an old man like I am, 40 years old, I'm all about comfort. <laughs> no, I hear you, man. It's it's uh there's there's a debate I hear a lot on my channel in the comment section, like, oh, you know, when you start now, buy a cheaper kayak and then you upgrade once you figure out what you like. And I was like, that is the worst advice in my opinion. Buy um, nice or buy buy a nice kayak that's gonna, you know, with a nice seat. Um, buy as nice as you can if you've been saving up a little bit because one bad kayak being your first kayak can't be your last kayak, right? Yeah, you could be like, peace out, not for me, yep. especially if you don't buy one or try to buy a recreational kayak that you turn into a fishing kayak. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to sit here and say, you buy the kayak you can afford, right? And mm -hmm. so if that happens to be a lower end kayak, which is a recreational kayak, or you got one for free, you know, get some. More power to you. I'm here to support you on that. But all right. Uh, Lawson Tackle has a question here. He says, what is a good entry level segmented? He's like, I have seven. And and he stopped writing after that. So <laughs> hopefully you can um, answer that one. I'd say it, it depends on if you want to be super cheap. Because you could, you could buy and buy these blanks. These are ones that I paint and I okay. can get these little five and a half inch segmented swim baits for like $3. And if you could paint it, clear coat it, add eyes and hooks, you could all together. It's probably like 12 bucks, okay. which, isn't, which isn't bad at all. It just takes a little bit of time. Are you just uh, like Alibaba and those bad boys and like, what's it? Are you just like buying those off of Alibaba and like send those blanks to you? Or where do you, where do you source those bad boys? I, I'm very particular where I get my blanks from. Okay. There's a there's a guy named Shane at Sugar Tick Custom Lures. He's been awesome to deal with. I work in the customer service industry, and his customer service is what sold me on their product. That and his quality assurance. So yeah. those are two things that I know really well. I know that if I get a blank from him, it's going to be defect-free, and the price is as cheap as it gets, right? 
Um, so the cool thing about dealing with him is if you buy, I don't know, say say you're buying 10 different segment, segment of swim baits at $3.50 a piece. A lot of times he'll throw in an extra little tiny bait or something, an extra blank for you to mess around with. Okay. So I've got poppers from them. I've got um, jerk baits, deep cranks. I, I mean, I have probably 20 or 30 different free gifts from him. I could fill up a tackle box with the free gifts I get from him. <laughs> well, you know what and that I, means? That just well, means that, you buy an insane amount of blanks. That's what that means. I do. <laughs> I, my friends like them, and they see me catching them, catching good fish on them, and they like, I want those too. So I work out some deals with them, those guys on the side, and they catch fish, and I'm happy they're happy. Shane at Sugar Tick Cousin Lures is happy. It's a win-win-win all, all the way around. Everybody is happy. All right, so here's a question for you. Swim baits can be stupid, right? I was doing some research on this. What was I, what was I finding? Some of these big glide baits, swim baits, segmented baits, like I'm looking at some of these prices on these things, like $180, $250, $300. And then you see other ones are like, hey, that looks somewhat similar, like $35, $60. What, what's the difference between a $30 swim bait and a $250 swim bait, right? Because I feel like the $250 should come with like a 10-pound bass guarantee on my first cast. I would say most of those expensive swim baits are from people that are just making them in my, in their garage like me. So they don't have money to, how do I put this? They can't pump out a whole bunch of them, which would in turn lower the overall cost uh, that was sent or how do I put this? They can't make a whole bunch of them. They right? can't mass produce them. So they can't bring the cost down. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, so you're getting a one-of-a-kind, hand-carved, hand-painted most of the time if you're paying those high prices. Exactly. Is there benefit to to that versus a mass produce, or is it simply like the it, same result? Like, where's the is there advantage to the angler there outside of just having you know uniqueness? I would say people who do big bass tournaments would swear by the more expensive swim baits oh, because they win money on them. In the okay. Game. And they're more realistic, but it all truly boils down to the action. If you get some of the cheap glide baits off Amazon, you could buy them for like 12 bucks. Yep. Their action is atrocious. Their plastic is horrible. You'll throw it against a rock. You'll crack it. Their clear coat is not great at all. Mm. Their paint schemes could be good, but the hooks and every other component is just garbage. They will still catch fish, but a lot of times you won't get fish to commit to those, those baits. They'll just come up and they'll kiss it. They'll just touch mm. it with their nose. Cause they, Oh, obviously. I've seen it. This is maddening. Yeah. It's crazy. They'll come up and kiss it. And then they won't commit to it. Whereas a lot of people that use the live scope, they could see what's going on under the water. They could see how their bait is moving. It's mm -hmm. staying in the pocket. It's not sinking um, at an uneven level or rising to the top, nose up. Um, so a lot of people swear by that. But in my experience, I still catch pretty good fish on cheap baits. <laughs> so I think okay. it's more about the cast placement and how you work the bait and how and what you know in regards to triggering that reaction strike. So a lot of times 
they'll come up and kiss it and people just jerk right away. That fish is not coming after that bait. I swear to God, it won't. But if they come up and kiss it and you give it two pops, like it just was injured, a lot of times those followers will turn into fish that actually commit. I get that. One of the things I teach on the channel a lot is, especially with when you're fishing kind of open water, um, cause everyone's like, Oh, you gotta knock, you know, we're not, we're not talking about swim baits and glide baits here, but when, you know, when you have a square ball crankbait, you gotta knock it against this, knock it against that kind of, um, knock it against all kinds of deflection to get those reaction bites. Well, what happens when you're out in like open water, right? You got to create your own deflection, right? Killing it, pot, pot, let them have some slack. And that's, to be honest with you, that's where I learned how to fish the S waiver from river to sea. And these hooks, I think are the most sticky hooks I think I've ever, I mean, they're literally like, <laughs> to touch me and I already have one stuck to my thumb here and it barely brazed my skin um but I learned how to fish this bad boy from the um oh who are those guys tactical basset and it's like burn 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 or just slow 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 pop pop and this thing goes boop boop and it kicks off to left and whenever it kicks off to left or right that has been the only time I've been able to get a bass to smash this thing and uh it's fun so walk me through a couple things here. How do you fish? How do you fish your different types of swim baits? Right, you got your segmented. Is there a typical, a typical way you do that? How do you fish your glide? And any any nuances or tips for someone who's like, okay, I want to try this, but I'm not sure where to start. I don't want to spend 180 dollars. I just want to throw something on, try it a few times. What advice would you give to that angler? starting starting to fish these for the first time so for glide baits there's several different types of glide baits too as far as the action goes there's your chop glides like your spro um i think it's called a chad chad okay. uh, or the kgb chad chads um those are meant for let's say you're at a dock right and you know there's a bass under this one pillar you chop, chop, just twitching the rod downwards. I like to keep my rod downwards. And the whole time you're you're watching your bait. You don't want to use these in, in muddy water. But it will stay in place and it will swerve and stay in that strike zone a lot longer. Mm. Those are chop glides. So you work them next to cover and structure. Um, so when, you're, you have, when they're moving, they're not moving but an inch towards you, but going back and forth a whole lot. Got exactly, it. All right. Exactly. Solid. Um, there's your S waivers and you could do a whole bunch of different actions. Let me see if I've got one around here somewhere. Yep. I got one. This is a transparent S waiver. I think it's a 168. So mm-hmm. it's a little over six inches, super sticky hooks. Like you said, there's a couple different things you could do with this. You could just reel it in super slow. So it's just swimming like a, a fish that's not afraid of anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you could do that and trigger a lot of reaction strikes too. Um, but if you're able to pop it with the perfect amount of slack in it, you could get it to actually turn, turn almost around. all the way around. Yeah. When bass see that fish eye to eye, they just want to eat it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Something. No, it's crazy how you can, you can work it like that. Swimming like this, you can make it turn around. And you're right. The second it's eye to eye, they, they lose their minds. Like I don't have to reposition this mouth, this fish to swallow it now. I just go straight down the hatch. So awesome. Keep going. Another way you could do it is just a slow twitch to where it 
glides to the left, glides to the right, mm. glides to the left, glides to the right. And then you could mix up all three cadences, which is what I like to do until I figure out what they want. So right. you, you could reel it in, you get a little nip, twitch, twitch, boom. Or you could reel it in, nothing, twitch, twitch, nothing, longer twitches, <laughs> especially with these slow sinkers. I mean, you twitch it once, it'll go a foot to the left or six inches to the, to the right, and you could just let it slowly sink, pop it again, pop, pop real quick, left, right. And a lot of times that'll, that'll create a reaction strike too. But that works really well, especially with the S waivers. And what else is there? The, the, the mega bass eye slide like this. Oh, one. Okay. So these baits that I'm showing you are probably the most popular entry level baits. They're not cheap by any means. Like I, I believe the, the eye slide is probably 50, 60 bucks. The S waivers. I think they're like 20, 25. Right. Um, but that's how I work my glide baits. Segmented swim baits. Are a whole other deal. I love them way more because they're they trigger more aggressive strikes, and you could cover more water. Okay, so walk us through those your your tips there. All right, my favorite of all time is the Buka Bull Shad, tried and true. This is a six inch um, segmented swim bait, slow sink with a brush tail. Four, uh, yeah, four segments to it. And you could tell this dude made it in his. Uh, in his, well, it used to be a garage. Mike Buka, for you guys that don't know about Mike Buka, he's like one of the OG swim bait guys. Mm -hmm. So I think out of all the baits I have, more fish have been caught on the Buka bullshed than probably any other swim bait. Uh, but it's right up there with the S waiver, but that's a glide. Um, but you could actually work these segmented swim baits like a glide, which is what I like to do. So you could chuck them out there and wind them super fast. You could reel them a little bit slower. It all depends on how shallow the water is. But these things work incredibly well in rivers, especially rivers in, in Ohio. Uh, so I imagine they work pretty well everywhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but they are also about 60 bucks, and it really hurts when you lose one. I've lost Ooh. two so far. <laughs> oh, that's painful. Yeah, but you could work these like a glide bait. So when I cast out these segmented swim baits, as soon as it lands, it'll land next to the structure you're targeting. Pop it twice and then reel it in a little bit. And mm -hmm. a lot of times they'll smash it right then and there. Like when we first started talking about why I got into YouTube and looking back at previous videos and learning from that. Yeah. That's what I learned is with a lot of baits, just cast it, pop, pop, reel it in, stop. And then boom, a lot of times you'll get those hits. Uh, but you could you could reel them super slow, but they're meant to be reeled super fast. So you probably want either a higher gear ratio. It kind of all depends uh, what you're trying to do with the bait. I like sure. a six, three to one gear ratio reel just because I treat these like crankbaits. Okay. Because it's a treble hook and you got some resistance on them, especially when throwing bigger wake baits. Uh, but if you wanted to have like a different dedicated setup, a rod and reel setup just for burning these, that'll work too. So it kind of yeah. all depends on what you want to do and how you want to do it. There's a, a million ways to skin a cat. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, low life angler, I got a question for you from the live. Do you use different counts on your twitches like 1001, 1002, 1003? Um, 
not really. I don't count, even though I'm a drummer, <laughs> I don't count a specific cadence. I just mix it up because what fish don't go in a certain cadence when they're swimming. Right. So they're chaotic. If, if they're just swimming along nice and slow, they could get smashed. But if they fear that there's a predatory fish behind them, you could twitch it real super fast. Like it's trying to flee away from them. And a lot of times that'll also trigger a reaction strike. So I just kind of mix up my cadence and let the fish tell me what they want. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. All right. So we're coming to, believe it or not, we're at 58 minutes coming up on an hour. Oh God. And, and, wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so if anybody's listening in on the live um, and I'm getting some comments coming, if you got a question, we'll finish out on those questions, but I got a um, few tactical, technical questions for you. Okay. So what line are you using pound tests and type and brand? Um, what's your, what's your go-to knot when tying on, a very expensive <laughs> you start to you start to get really particular with your knots when you start tying on 60 dollars swim baits <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. get real particular with your line when you start tying on these on these expensive swim baits and so i want to hear about that and also um the rods right so i'm imagining using a, a lot longer rod and yeah. and so walk me through your kind of setup and does it i'm sure it's based on kind of weight necessarily not so much the type of lore, but maybe. So walk me through kind of your thought process on that. So reels, I love my diet with tools. I have probably four of them. <laughs> Dang, you're not yeah. messing around. You no, you do have an addiction. They're, they're amazing. They're amazing <laughs> for the price. Like I don't want to spend a whole bunch of money on, on, on reels. I rather spend it on my baits, I guess, okay. if that makes sense. So the reels I use six three to one gear ratio it's a slower ratio so you can really work these baits slower um, people are the polar opposite they like the fast reels for certain things too but i'm i've done pretty well on a six three to one gear ratio uh line i like fluorocarbon and i didn't ever used to like them till i switched <laughs> i've lost some big fish just using braid with treble hook baits that's a big no-no they'll just you'll rip the hooks out of their face and that's not good. Mm. But I like 16 pound Sunline FC sniper for my glide baits. So how much does that run for, you know, 250 yards? What's that? How much does the FC sniper run for to say 250 yards? Like a normal uh, spool. I think it's like 25 or 30 bucks. Okay. That's on the high end. Yeah. It's expensive, but <laughs> it's low memory and it's, it's super stretchy. So when you hook into a big fish, I like some flex in my rod sure. and my line just to be able to keep those fish pinned. Because when they jump, they shake that heavy bait, that one to four ounce bait. It's going to uh -huh. go flying if you're using braid or a, a, a fast action rod. So I like a moderate action rod. And the one that I fell in love with is super budget friendly. It's 150 bucks. But this rod is seven foot eight. It's a medium heavy rod. Yeah, and it's a moderate action rod. It's it's iRod Genesis Three Junior Swim Rod. Caught okay. a lot of nice smallies on this, and it's not a broomstick. Like I was watching some of my own videos because I feel like I'm my own biggest fan. But you could lean into them. You could really drive those hooks home, um, and you still have. I, I've had this thing bowed over on three pounders, so it has an incredible amount of flex in that rod for 150 bucks. I don't think there's a better rod on the market. Well, a lot of people like the Dobbins Fury, Fury 
795SB, which is also medium heavy, but that thing feels like a broomstick to me. Mm, okay. I got it and I don't like it. I like it for other applications like the soft plastic boot tail swim baits. Yep. So it's a little bit stiffer of a rod. You can really drive that single hook home. But for everything else, I love my iRod Genesis 3 Junior Swim Rod. Okay. Uh, what knot are you tying on your very expensive swim baits with? <laughs> I just like do improve clinch. Rod. What's that? And like improve clinch. What no, are you doing there? Just the standard Palomar knot. Oh, I okay. Braid. I use it with fluoro. Um, I haven't, I've lost one fish, one fish. And it just so happened to be on my $60 book of bull shad. Uh, I was devastated. It jumped yeah. up and laughed at me and I felt horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Did you try to get it? Uh, I chased that fish because it it kept jumping up and trying to shake it. Oh, yeah. And I was after it with my kayak and my net trying to swoop it up. And I just, I couldn't get it, man. I couldn't freaking. Uh, There's some angler out there who's going to catch that fish and be like, oh, yes, the $60 <laughs> fish. They're going to be thanking you for it. Oh, I love it. All right. So let me see if I have any questions here. Oh. Congrats there, fishing with Parker. He's like, hey, just got my new kayak today. Hoodoo Impulse 120, and right. it is sick. So, man, always love it when people are like, hey, I got my first kayak, and they're here on Kayak Fishing Obsessed. So, um, I'm going to leave you with one last question. If you have a question for Matt, go ahead and throw that in there. But let's say someone writes you, hey, I'm new to swim bait fishing. What should I buy? <laughs> Now it's a loaded question, right? It's like someone asking me, "Hey, I got a budget of fifteen hundred dollars. What kayak should I should I get?" Um, let's say they're kayak fishing lakes and ponds. So let me help you out here a little bit. Um, what would you recommend for that person? As far as baits, yep. The, the Trace is a fish catcher. It's probably the best budget friendly segmented swim bait out there. So they make them in five inch versions and six inch versions. Yep. Um, the five inch version just gets a bit more. Um, so I, I would for sure go with a trace as far as rods, the junior swim rod, yep. rod Genesis. And then the reel is the D Daiwa Tatula and then a 16 pound Sunline sniper, uh, Sunline FC sniper fluorocarbon line. Um, You're pretty good. Much all the baits that I mentioned here are like budget friendly. Yeah. So, I mean, somewhat. <laughs> so let's do the best of, right? So that's your best segmented hard bait. What's your best big soft swim bait? Uh, the Little Creeper All-American Trash Fish. It just, I've caught so many fish on it. It's ridiculous. It mimics creek chubs to a T, and it gets bit more than the mad graph or the, the dangerous swim bait. Okay, so I you're in the know. river at this point. So let's say you move over to a lake and pond. Same thing or different? I'd probably go with the Spro Chad Chad. Okay. Just because I know it, it's just one of those baits that's iconic um, and it's budget friendly since they did the collaboration with Spro. That bait is probably $300, uh, but they did a collab and it's no longer made out of resin. They used the CNC process and they could just pump those numbers out. So those baits are pretty expensive. If you want to catch a big bass, throwing it on docks or next to cover, that would be a really good uh, bait to use. That and the S-Waver and the Mega Bass I-Slide. But okay. if you want to get creative, there's some baits like this that are hand-painted, handmade, just like what I do in my little bait lab. So for this those on the podcast, what are we looking at? 
this is a huge wake bait. The thing is two inches high, an uh, inch and a half wide, and it wakes like a freaking shark is coming through the water. I'm <laughs> telling you. <laughs> the bill on that and the What's angle that? on that bill is insane. I know. It's super steep. It's a thick bill. It's a heavy bait. It's like, well, I mean, moderately heavy. It's two and a half ounces. So you need that bigger bigger rod out there. That iRod Genesis will handle that thing like a boss. Nice. So real quick, I want to back up a little bit because you mentioned – that $300 bait that they collabed brought the price down. What's the price on that now? I think they're 60 bucks. Okay. So up there with the bull, the col- the bull shad um, price yep. point. All right. And the last question for you. Well, let me see. I have a comment over here. I haven't read yet. Um, okay. Last question for you. The best, in your opinion, big glide bait. What would you reckon? Oh, that's such a tough question. <laughs> All right, so you can't go wrong with a depth 175. The engineering that goes behind this is incredible. It's got like a rubber coating on the outside, so when fish eat it, it feels like a real fish. Okay. And underneath of it, it's got this realistic – it's not a paint job. This isn't something somebody did with an airbrush. This is something that's like a like an overlay. So you could put it on the bait itself – and then heat it up and it'll stick to the bait. Okay. So this is like a scale print essentially, but the tail itself is incredibly flexible. And this thing gets a bit like crazy too. This is a depths 175. Um, these are like 60 or 70 bucks as well. You're killing me. That's why <laughs> this is why I don't fish swim baits. Cause it's <laughs> you and a lot of other people, man. I oh, Cause losing one would be, would be painful. My goodness. Uh, well, this has been fun for me. So thank you, Matt, so much for this. Absolutely. And we're, we're, we're not, I mean, we're not super close, but we got to get together and get fishing sometime. That'll be, I'm down, dude. I got some good river good spots I can take you to. Oh, see, that's, I love river fishing. I want to go, I want to take my kayak river fishing. I don't do that too. I like wade fishing a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I just got back from a trip in Pennsylvania, picked up 175 smallmouth in three and a half days. It was, Stupid, Ooh, stupid. So I crazy. got the honey hole. I mean, a lot of them were small, but it, it it was almost, there was this one hole I was just throwing and it. My hands were hurting because it literally almost every other cast I was picking up a fish and just like taking the hooks out. My hands were sore. It's the best. It's the best problem I could ever have in my entire life. Absolutely. <laughs> that right there. That don't happen every day, but man, that was a blast. So, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be trying out, of course, my mag drafts. I got two of those. The S waiver again. I haven't caught a whole lot on the on the trace, so I hope to bring these bad boys out here in the fall and start putting them to work. So I'm excited about it. Bass uh, Bass Ackward says, "Hey, this was a great listen. Why I paddled back to the marina in the dark? <laughs> fishing. Listen to KFO show. I love it, man. Love it, man. I love it. That's awesome. Um, Low life's like, hey, I got twenty six dollars for my five inch trace." That's awesome. a that's a solid price. Uh, where'd you yeah. get that? Low life. Let us know where you got that. But um, guys, the next next week, I have on the show Drew Gre- Gregory. He's a director of fishing with an awesome title, right? At Crescent Kayaks. So he's going to be bringing the heat about some new things that are taking place at Crescent. And he's also a pro kayak angler. Um, and we are going to be talking about pre-fishing strategies. Something I'm I'm a huge fan of because I believe a goal um, without a plan is just a wish. 
right? And so a lot of the success that I have seen over the years personally has not come from me being out on the water and making decisions, although there's, that's, that's part of it. But it's a strategy that you put together before you head out into the water, a, the step that a lot of people miss. And so I'm going to have Drew Gregory on the show next Tuesday night, which is going to be awesome. Low Life Angler is over here. Fisherman Central, Port Clinton is where he got that that deal uh, on that trace. So thank you for that. But uh, yeah, it's been a great show. So Matt, thank you so much for your time, bringing the knowledge. And uh, if you guys want to follow a pretty awesome bait maker, head over to his YouTube channel, G2G Fishing. And uh, you also have an Instagram. You also have a Facebook. Yes, you sir. have all the things, right? G2G Fishing, you'll find them on all of those. But uh, yeah, thanks for your time, brother. Absolutely. Let me know when you're ready to come here and I'll, I'll hook you up with some baits and we'll slay them, man. Oh man. I love it. All right, folks, you guys have a fantastic week. I will see you next Tuesday night at 8 30 PM Eastern. You have a good one. See ya.